It's your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Glad to be back at you for the final show of the week. A lot to get to today. As always, Marcus Fuller from the Star Tribune will join me here in a few minutes. A big week for Gophers basketball. Marcus covers the Gophers men's basketball team and college basketball in general, getting uh, recruit Dennis Evans out of California. He decided earlier this week to uh, commit to the Gophers, the number 13 recruit in the country, according to, I believe, Rivals.com. And that makes him the best Gophers recruit, at least according to that recruiting ranking, in almost 20 years since uh, Chris Humphreys committed to the Gophers, and that was back in 2003, I believe. So quite a, quite a get for the Gophers. Marcus and I will break that down. What does it mean? Um, what does it foreshadow for Ben Johnson's program? And get into a little bit more uh, big picture Gophers and college basketball talk with Marcus as well. Big trade in the NFL late Thursday. Christian McCaffrey going from the Panthers to the 49ers. I got some thoughts on what that perhaps signifies and maybe how it pertains to the Vikings. I got some Timberwolves thoughts for you as well. Big game for them Friday night. Uh, the Rudy Gobert versus Utah game after the big trade this offseason. A lot of former Wolves on Utah, of course, as a result of that trade. So I've got a couple thoughts on that that I'll share in a few minutes. But first, what did I miss? Well, if you uh, if you heard a giant exhale or felt a, a rather significant breeze coming from St. Paul around uh, probably around 9.30, 10 p.m. on Thursday, that was the wild and their fans, perhaps Dean Evason, their head coach, um, yeah, maybe even Bill Guerin, the general manager. Yeah, let's throw in uh, owner Craig Leopold. Everybody associated with that team, a massive sigh of relief, an exhale after they beat Vancouver 4-3 in overtime. Kirill Kaprizov getting the winning goal in that game. Mark andre Fleury, the much maligned future Hall of Famer. Those two things don't usually go together, but he has not been good to start the year, but he was better in this game, especially in the third period when the Wild rallied from a 3-2 deficit, got the game-tying goal on the power play from Matt Zuccarello, his second of the game, and then Kaprizov absolutely gassed in overtime, but comes out for essentially a double shift on a delayed penalty, finds a uh, finds a little opening and gets one to go in. So 4-3 is the final in that game. Kaprizov played like 24 minutes, the most of anybody on the ice except for, I believe, defenseman Jared Spurgeon, at least for the Wild in that game, having to work awfully hard at home to beat a winless Vancouver Canucks team. A Canucks team, by the way, coached by Bruce Boudreaux, former Wild coach, with assistant Mike Yo on the bench as well. A lot of, uh, a lot of collective Minnesota coaching history uh, going against each other in that game. But, uh, you know, by and large, um, I don't think it was still exactly the game the Wild wanted to play. And I was gratified to hear Everson say that after the game because I, I, I worry sometimes that when someone when a result comes, everything feels like it's okay. His message was, ah, there's still a lot to clean up, but hopefully um, getting that one win allows them to play a little bit more free and easy, gets them to be the team he wants to see. Let's hear from Dean Everson post-game here. I mean, he still saw a lot of signs of... Um, I don't even know what you call it. Um, 
mental fatigue, maybe yeah. just the situation. Um, but you know, to, to get a win like that, you, you, you just believe or hope and believe that that'll push us forward to do what we do. We still still lost our composure in a lot of areas in tonight's hockey game, which is you know uncharacteristic, but I guess probably uh, um, expected when. You know, we're squeezing so tight, so um, hopefully this allows us to loosen up a bit. And again, still some troubling signs in this game, especially Jordan Greenway going out, making his debut, plays only like three minutes, six shifts, gets injured again in the first period. That's part of the reason why Kaprizov had so many shifts in this game, all the forwards essentially double shifting or getting, you know, rotated in with only 11 healthy forwards after um, after Greenway's injury. But uh, so that's a major blow. We'll see. He's not going to play their next game, and now they hit the road for a while. He's not going to play that next game. We'll see when he is able to come back. At least, at least it sounds like it's not the same injury that was keeping him out of the start of the year. So that's at least a good sign for the Wild. But nonetheless, that's troubling because you'd hope that that line with uh, with Eck and um, and Felino and Greenway would get going. That's going to be on the shelf for a little while. If you're on Marco Rossi, watch. He played a career high eleven minutes. Um, in Thursday's game, but still not much of a factor, still not getting a whole lot of run. Did get a little bit of power play time, but uh, didn't seem to be much of a factor in that game, so we'll watch that going forward. Although I suppose with the Greenway injury, um, I imagine he'll stay in the regular lineup at least for a while as, as they wait for that and see if he can get something going. But that piece of it, not great. You know, and the defensive zone coverage, still not not where they need it to be. Um, I think Flurry played better, but still gave up three goals in the game. Bottom line, though, is they get a win in this game. They, they badly need to win. You can't go 0-4 in four home games to start the season and expect to you know, not be chasing those games for at least half a season. Like This takes a little bit of the pressure off them, at least. Maybe lets them play, like Dean Everson was saying, maybe gets them back into their game a little bit more. So it's a bottom line thing. It's a bottom line sport. I still don't think they're playing their absolute best, but... You know, they got their superstar, Kirill Kaprizov, to show up when it mattered most. They got they got some timely saves from Flurry, so there's some positive steps in the right direction. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, a win's a win. Just like the Vikings, you're not going to argue with how you got there. You're just going to say thank you for, for thank you for getting back in the win column and see where you can get to from there. Speaking of two points badly needed, one thing I want to see from the Wolves when they uh, when they face Utah at Target Center on, uh, on Friday night is a little bit more easy stuff for Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Both those guys seem to get lost a little bit in the opener on Wednesday. It was kind of the Rudy Gobert show. Um, the pick and roll with Gobert and D'Angelo Russell was working well. I liked that in crunch time. I liked seeing what it looks like to have a big, capable center in the middle of things, defending in those crunch time minutes, taking away a lot of those easy shots but I do feel like as this season goes along they're going to need Towns they're going to need Edwards of course there's just still two of their three best players I want to see a little bit more of them in the flow of the offense them figuring out where they fit into all this where they fit into getting the open shots when to drive when to shoot and uh, maybe that means getting some easy post-ups easy easy stuff early near the basket that would be a nice thing to see because you know Utah looked awfully good in that first game Utah got a lot of the former Wolves players Walker Kessler first round pick for the Wolves that they traded to Utah as part of the Gobert trade. He had a nice debut. Um, Jared Vanderbilt in the starting lineup for Utah, doing Jared Vanderbilt things for Utah. 
Malik Beasley had a good first game. They routed Denver in that opener. So this will not be an easy one. Utah kind of rebuilding on the fly, a popular concept around here um, with both the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert trades. But they are not the, the cupboard is not bare there. They got a lot of players in addition to picks uh, in those two trades with the Wolves and Cleveland. So they will be a formidable task, and you would like to see the Wolves be able to start kind of you know, getting everybody into that mix a little bit more. I know this is game two. I know the offense is going to be a little bit clunky. I know the defense is probably ahead of the offense at this point, especially with Gobert and Jaden McDaniels um, in the mix. But we'd like to see some easy stuff for Towns and Edwards early to maybe get them going and get them feeling good about where they are going into the rest of this season. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Let's talk college basketball right now with Marcus Fuller from the Star Tribune. He does a great job covering all sorts of college basketball stories for us, but mainly the Gophers men's basketball team. Marcus, the big story this week, the Gophers getting Dennis Evans, the what the number 13 recruit in the country, according to Rivals.com. Uh, TCU is another finalist. He turned down, could have gone to Kansas, could have gone a lot of different places but winds up with Minnesota. How, how big of a get is this for Ben Johnson and the Gophers? Oh, it's huge. Um, you know, I, I think that, first of all, you can't tell by my voice. I had the same voice when my, my son was born. Um, you know, I'm a pretty, a pretty low-key guy, so you can't tell my voice, but I'm pretty excited about, um, you know, what they're bringing next season uh, to the team. Uh, arguably the best shot blocker in high school basketball. You know, that's something that we've heard quite a bit uh, around the Minnesota parts uh, because of Chet Holmgren um, before he went to Gonzaga. You know, he was shotting, swat, he was swatting shots on an unbelievable level. And I would say that Dennis Evans is on that level as a shot blocker. Um, you know, he averaged seven blocks a game in high school last year, had five games of 10 blocks or more, including a 16 block game, which his high school coach actually told me he had 20. Um, but they had a few goaltends that were actually not goaltends. So wow. um, he's unbelievable uh, rim protector, seven foot seven wingspan. Um, he just told me yesterday, he, first of all, I committed on Monday, um, but he told me on Monday that uh, he has a nine foot six standing reach. Jeez. And uh, <clears throat> his measurements, seven foot seven wingspans, standing reach of nine six would have um, led the combine last year, the NBA draft combine, uh, with his wingspan and second in uh, standing reach. Um, so it's pretty pretty close to what uh, you see at the NBA level as far as length, um, even surpassing a lot of NBA centers. And you know, physically, um, you know, he's got one more year to to, to get bigger and stronger. Um, he's slight uh, in weight, just like Chet Holmgren was, although he's got. A few pounds on Chet. He's about 215 right now and uh, got a lot of room to fill out. So I guess the the obvious question is, um, you know, a player of this caliber, wh- what does this signify just in terms of 
how the Gophers were able to get someone like that. Does this does this signal, you know, even in tandem with, you know, getting the best player out of Illinois uh, as part of that 2023 recruiting class? I mean, is this this is kind of feels like this is part of the process of what what Ben Johnson is trying to build. But when you get someone who's the number 13 recruit, I mean, that's as good as I mean, that we're talking about the best recruit in almost 20 years. Uh, we're going back to Chris Humphreys in terms of how touted he is. Um, how are they able to get someone of this caliber, especially from, you know, from California? Well, it was definitely relationship driven. Uh, assistant Marcus Jenkins is actually from California and he had a connection uh, with the AAU coach um, inland uh, team inland is their AAU team. And he was actually recruiting Jaden Henley. who's a freshman for the Gophers right now, a six foot seven wing that actually might even, uh, you know, could, could, compete for the starting job as a freshman. He was recruiting Jaden Henley over, over a year ago and happened to watch Dennis Evans um, play uh, uh, in the same tournament. And, you know, Dennis at the time, I think he only had a couple of division one offers. Um, you know, again, you know, we're talking about a guy that's around 200 pounds, seven feet, uh, pretty gangly. He, he's wearing goggles, you know, <laughs> right. not a lot of teams that could just see a, a guy like him in their program at that time as far as high majors, but he made a huge jump from that time to, to last season. At the end of last season, he was, you know, like I said, one of the best shop blockers you'll ever see. And that relationship that they, they built from the beginning when they were recruiting Jaden Henley, when they signed Jaden Henley, he and Dennis Evans and Henley were AAU teammates. So they, they had a connection and, you know, they just continued that relationship. Ben and Marcus followed him all summer they offered him in the spring. They followed him all summer. They invited him to come visit. Um, you know, you saw teams like Kansas and Florida State. Um, you know, TCU, the name recognition is not there for them, but um, they have a really solid program, top 25 team the last couple of years. They've made the NSA tournament last year. So we're talking about, you know, a pretty good uh, team that they beat out for him as a finalist. Kansas backed out um, at the end because they just – Felt like Minnesota and TCU were ahead of them, but there were some teams that came in in the end. I mean, I don't, I don't, I know these programs don't probably want to hear their names, uh, but Ohio State, um, I heard Kentucky and Louisville, you know, different teams just thought about, hey, if he's considering Minnesota and TCU, maybe I got a shot, you know, right? Um, we can we can offer more at NIL money, you know, than they can, <laughs> right, right. Um, but it wasn't about that for him. I mean, he would not consider Minnesota you know, right now, I mean, I know Ben Johnson, PJ Fleck, they're all working real hard with the collectives to try to uh, get this to another level as far as NIL. But, um, you know, they, they, if it was NIL, he would not be at Minnesota. So the relationship uh, is where it started. I would say Jaden Henley being with the Gophers all summer and now in the fall, ready to have a, hopefully a really good season as a freshman, you know, he's having a good experience here. So that, relayed over to Dennis. And then the visit was what blew, blew him away. Uh, he came here at the end of September, early October. Um, you know, they, they actually lost to Purdue in the football game, but obviously that has nothing to do with what he was looking for. I mean, the atmosphere was great. Um, you know, they, uh, they wined and dined them obviously as an unofficial visit, but I think the most important thing he wanted to see was how the coaching staff and the players, you know, bonded um, and really how they were pushed in practice. He was really excited about the way that they um, made an emphasis on defense um, and, be, and playing inside and out, being versatile. 
And, you know, that's, I think the next step for him is to expand his game and offensively. And, uh, you know, he, and they gave him a lot of opinions on how he could do that. And they're honest with him. You know, a lot of coaches sometimes tell you what you want to hear about, Hey, you're, you're a future NBA guy right away. And, you know, come here one and done, but, you know, they're honest with him. They have Pharrell Payne, who's a freshman right now, and he looks really good physically, um, can control the paint. And they said, hey, you know, you and Pharrell, Pharrell will take a lot of pressure off of you. Um, we could have, you know, Jamison Battle or Dawson Garcia back. You know, this, you don't have to come in and, and light the world on fire. Um, but we, you know, we expect you to come in and, and make an impact defensively. So all that stuff sold him on Minnesota. It took a little bit, a little while for him to commit. <laughs> I right. thought it'd be right after his visit, um, you know. But they they made one last pitch uh, last Friday, I believe, uh, Thursday, I believe, and uh, Minnesota w- was the winner. Now you talked to him uh, along the way in this process. You talked to him after he uh, committed, I believe. Did uh, personality wise, he seems like he's a pretty engaging person. Kind of. A, 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 kind of what was what's your impression of him off the court you know I, I got a chance to meet him on his visit briefly um he's kind of a quiet guy you know he's very, very humble you know for being nearly seven foot two uh, I don't see many he's probably the tallest recruit I've ever uh, interviewed um but you know I think he he would tell you that you know he's got a long way to go as far as like getting to where he wants to be you know he, he's confident in in his ability but he also understands that you know, he's not just about basketball. I, I think you you heard that or saw that on his video. You know, he started off talking about all these other things that make Dennis Evans click, you know, whether it's fishing and he talked about, you know, ants and, and you know, I, I dress like Tim Duncan, which is obviously <laughs> you know, underdressed right. you know, for, <laughs> yeah. for everything. And, and, you know, just I think there's part of his personality that not a lot of people um, see every day, you know, when they see him on the court because he's just so tall and so long and obviously he's exciting shot blocker and you know but i think he's he's just a low-key quiet humble uh, he kind of fits in a lot to the gophers you know they're they're that type ben johnson's personality um he's not a raw raw like in your face type of guy um and he's humble and uh i think they, he fits in uh, pretty well with the gophers now obviously this is for the class of 2023 so we're talking about you know a year away from making any kind of impact here beyond just the excitement and the recruiting. Um, but this time of year, we're getting close to the start of the season. Anyway, big 10 media day um, was here in Minneapolis last week. We've got Gophers media day here coming up on Friday. Um, you've got scrimmages scheduled. They got a you know exhibition game in a couple of weeks and the real, the real season starts in like three weeks. It, it's coming up fast. And I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, you know, we, we saw what happened last year. They had maybe some unexpected success in non-conference play, but you know, the depth of the team just kind of, they caught up to them, especially with the physicality of, of the big 10. What's the outlook this year? What, what should we expect in year two under Ben Johnson? Sure. One thing, uh, lastly on that recruiting end, um, I did forget to mention Cam Christie. Yeah. Um, from, from Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. His, his brother played at Michigan state, um, was a first round pick by the Lakers. And yeah, you know, I, I mentioned him just so I can segue into Michigan State. You know, that was their season opener last year. We talked about the uh, hot start that they had, you know, and, and Michigan State, it was a humbling loss to them at home. You know, this was a team that, you know, they, they were undefeated and, you know, they felt like they 
you know, they showed um, pretty well uh, that they could compete against some talented teams. Mississippi State, they beat on the road. Um, you know, Pitt, Pitt struggled a little bit in the Big East, but th- that was on the road as well. Um, so they thought they were going to be more competitive in that Michigan State game at home, and they weren't. But they they bounced right back, and they beat Michigan on the road. So this team, I think, you know, as far as the start, the non-conference schedule is maybe not as tough um, as far as on the road. They don't play uh, their uh, Big East team on the road. They played DePaul at home. Uh, they, they, they don't play Mississippi State on the road. They play Mississippi State at home this year as a home and home. Okay. So those two games right there will probably be two of their toughest non-conference games, um, but those will be at home. They do play Virginia Tech on the road in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, you know, that will, uh, I think, obviously, you know, anytime you play a road game in a high major uh, opponent, um, you know, that, that might be a little tough for them. But, you know, I think this is a team that because of the fact that they don't have as much experience, especially in the backcourt this year, um, early on, you're going to see some growing pains. Um, you know, will it happen against mid-majors? I don't think so because of the front court depth and strength that they have, you know, with Dawson Garcia, Pharrell Payne, um, you know, Jamison Battle, obviously, Trayton Thompson is back. So I think the size and athleticism and length they have in the front court will allow them to kind of impose their will in, in, in non-conference against the mid-majors, especially at home. They do play in California in the SoCal Challenge, and there's really not much competition there. But when you see them, like I said, go on the road versus Virginia Tech or playing against some of these high-major teams, I think the backcourt lack of experience there's no one on this team in in the guard positions that played in the big 10 or, or played high major basketball last year um so that that's gonna really that might expose them early yeah that makes sense and i mean and you mentioned that front court i mean jameson bad it looks like he's kind of slimmed down even more a little bit this year it looks like he's he's ready to go he was you know i don't think he was necessarily a surprise last year because we knew from what he did at George Washington that he could score, but I think maybe he was better than advertised. And so now I guess the trick for him is follow that up, add to your game. How do you think he does that this year? Yeah, he might. And he might be playing a different position. Sure. You know, he lost all that weight for a reason. I think, you know, they, they wanted him to play on the perimeter a little bit more now because of that lack of depth at the guard position. Uh, will he play the two guard? You know, possibly. I mean, he's got the length. You know, it's whether or not he can defend. Obviously, he can shoot from the outside, but one of the best shooters in the Big Ten. But I think can he defend, you know, if they were to put a, a smaller uh, combo guard on him, you know, can, can he defend that guy? Um, you know, I, I think for sure uh, if Isaiah Eden was healthy, uh, he's, a, he's at 6'10", I think Ben Johnson was planning to put him at the starting two guard. So he's not afraid to, to have some size there. Um, but I think that Talon Cooper, a Moorhead State transfer at point guard, he's going to be the key to this offense. I mean, last year he was top 10, I think in the nation in assists and, you know, he knows how to facilitate, but can he score enough uh, in that backcourt spot that might cause them to have to slide over and use Jamison in the two guard. And I think Braden Carrington is a name that a lot of people know because he's yeah. Minnesota Mr. Basketball, won a state championship. And then Jaden Henley, who I mentioned is a, is a good buddy of Dennis Evans. Those two freshmen will have to play this year. They have to. Um, one of them might even start a two guard. And, um, you know, I think what we saw years ago, Gabe Kausher as a freshman, you know, starting, uh, you know, in the backcourt, um, you know, on an NCAA tournament team. And you had Daniel Tu starting at center on the NCAA tournament team. 
you might actually see that this year with Pharrell Payne and, and one of the two guards. Uh, they might have to start two freshmen. And early on, they're going to have to lean on their uh, veterans. They've at least got a little bit more continuity this time around, though. Just they, they're, they're at least not scrambling to fill all of these transfer portal vacancies. I mean, they, they obviously some of those guys they've got to fill those roles were, were one and done, but they at least have right. the benefit of, I mean, this is Ben Johnson's real true first recruiting class. He came in kind of late in the game last year. And so now he kind of had a full year to, to bring these guys in and then an even bigger, perhaps better class in 2023. So, I mean, based on that, it feels like that this is at least kind of like the point where you start to see some of his types of players, what he wants to run as opposed to just, you know, establishing a culture and, and hoping you can win some games. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, when you watch practice, um, this is a team with a lot of athleticism and length. It looks like a, a high major basketball team, you know, especially in the front court. I mean, they're, you know, guys will be able to compete um, with the Dawson Garcia who, you know, he's, he's looking to make the NBA, you know, Jameson battle. Um, there's some scouts in to watch both of those guys. You know, I wrote after Big Ten Media Day or during Big Ten Media Day that, you know, the Big Ten's kind of looking for that next breakout star. Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray were those guys last year. They went from being uh, bench, I want to say bench warmers, but they were reserves for Iowa and Wisconsin, um, you know, to being two of the best players in the country, All-Americans, lottery picks. You know, will there be that guy in the Big Ten this year? You know, Ben Johnson said, why not Jamison Battle or Dawson Garcia? And if they do that, you know, even with the youth that they have that need to play, um, this team all of a sudden is competing at a high level. And, you know, when you come off a recruiting, you know, season like they had with Dennis Evans, and then all of a sudden you're competing in the Big Ten, I mean, that's a lot of momentum for a program that uh, was last place in the Big Ten last year. Last thing for you, obviously enjoyed probably to a certain degree having Big Ten Media Day here. It meant you'd have to travel. You could do a little bit more. Some of your writer friends didn't like it so much. Yeah. There was some of that chatter. What was up with that? You know what? It was 80 degrees on the first day of I Big know. Ten Media Day. So I had nothing to complain about. And you know what? It snowed after they were gone. So it's fine. You know, I I think it's just the location. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, question Chicago is, is a central location. And Indianapolis has been there so many years that just people are used to it. I think the coaches were you know, the coaches complaining, that's what I think got under people's right. skin and had them posting on social media because, you know, they knew that the Big Ten tournament was going to be here. They knew they had to come and they were like, eh, you know, I don't want to come to Minnesota unless I'm recruiting uh, a player, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and 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 then stop complaining, you know, because you're you're on a private jet, you know, you're you're gonna be back home before you know it. And then when the snow hits we're going to be the ones still living here. So I don't want to hear any complaints. I don't want to hear it either. I don't want to hear it either. All I want to hear is a little bit of optimism right now. And it seems like there's a lot of it for this program. Uh, Marcus, anything else to, to report? Anything else you're working on uh, before I let you go? No, I just, I'm excited about the season. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the scrimmage coming up uh, that they're playing. It's a secret scrimmage. So shh, don't tell yeah, anybody don't tell playing Colorado state. Um, you know, Dave Thorson and Nico Medved were coaching there just, just not long ago. And David Roddy was uh, on that team and now he's in the NBA. So I think the Gophers are glad that David Roddy's gone. So they don't have to face him at the barn coming up. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we'll be sure to talk a lot more throughout the season. Marcus, uh, appreciate the update and the check-in and, uh, you know, big deal with getting, getting Dennis Evans to, uh, to round, uh, you know, to, to really jumpstart this recruiting class. And it feels like it's going to be a pretty, 
uh, impressive class with with, uh, with with him kind of in the lead role, but some other good players as well. Um, let's talk again soon. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot. Great catching up with Marcus. As always, does a great job covering college basketball, Gophers basketball. One final point I want to make about the the recruiting of Ben Johnson is doing right now is I know in this day and age, sometimes the transfer portal takes center stage with you know with with the importance with you know players shifting teams. Um, you know, guys not liking the situation, getting out quick. So a good recruiting class can get obliterated if things start to go awry. That said, you still need to be able to recruit high school athletes to be a successful program. You can't just rely on the transfer portal. And that is a big deal for Ben Johnson right now. Getting a recruit like this, that's a big deal for this program. That's someone they haven't gotten in previous years. You know, Dennis Evans, a guy with a 7-7 wingspan, a guy who will fundamentally change how they're able to play this game next season. That is a big deal. So I know we focus on the portal right now, but don't forget about high school recruiting. It's what Ben Johnson does best, and he got one of the best in program history, at least as far as recruits go, just a little while ago. Let's finish with the cooler. Christian McCaffrey traded from the Panthers to the 49ers. Second big Panthers trade. They traded Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals early this week as well. So Cardinals and 49ers uh, plucking off Panthers uh, as Panthers go in full rebuild mode. Both those teams, NFC teams, maybe both those teams looking at the NFC right now and thinking this thing is wide open. Um, Let's upgrade a little bit, see where this can take us. Cardinals won on Thursday night, got themselves back to three and four. The 49ers in good shape, maybe a Christian McCaffrey away from being a little bit more explosive on offense. That's certainly probably what they are hoping for. And, you know, that, that speaks to the wide-open nature of the NFC and where the Vikings are positioned right now at 5-1. and one. Um, You know, there's there's a 6-0 and o team. That's the Eagles. There's a five, another 5-1 five and one team. That's the Giants. 4-2. and 4-2 uh, and two is, the, is the Cowboys. But besides that, Vikings sitting right there and all those other teams in the same division. So Vikings have a very clear path right now. It's a long path. It's a long way to get to the finish line. But they have a very clear path on how good this season could be, on how wide open this division is, on how wide open this conference is. You see other teams trying to take advantage of that. Be interesting to see if the Vikings feel like they make need to make any upgrades um, at wide receiver or some other position as well. We tackled that a bit on Access Vikings earlier this week. Check that out if you haven't done that yet. We got into some trade speculation with the trade deadline coming up in just a couple of weeks. So maybe the Vikings are compelled to do that as well, especially where they sit right now in the standings with the opportunity in the NFC and the NFC North. That will do it for today. Back for a full week of shows. Next week should be Patrick Royce on Monday and tons of other good stuff as well. Thank you so much for joining me here all week. Back at it again on Monday.